You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 189, Quiet Time Tips for Families. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends. It's July. We have made it a month into summer, and I hope your days have been filled with sunshine and popsicles and meaningful work time as well as meaningful relaxation. In last week's episode about how to develop a peaceful routine with kids, Felicia Allen talked about how important it is to build you time into your schedule. Some of you may have been thinking, but how? (laughs) It sounds so great in theory, but depending on your phase of motherhood, it may feel nearly impossible to carve out any alone time during the day, especially during the summer months when everyone is home all the time. That's why I decided to pull this episode from the archives to re-air today, because having a daily quiet time for my kids has been one of the keys to my happiness as a mother, and I hope this episode will give you some concrete ideas for how to build some quiet sanity time into your busy summer days. I also want to add that in the three years since this episode originally aired, I've gotten some follow-up questions about it that I will answer at the end of the episode, so listen until the very end to hear those answers. I'll also respond to a mom who's at her wit's end with a three-year-old who truly refuses to do quiet time and spends the hour banging on his door screaming, and I hope my answer will encourage you if you are raising an especially strong-willed kiddo as well. Before we jump into the episode, it's my honor to share about our two podcast sponsors for the month of July. I truly can't thank these companies enough for their continued support of the show. First, we have Jane.com. Over the past several months, I have had so much fun exploring this online marketplace with over 400 new daily deals. Many of the items are from small female-owned shops that I am thrilled to support, and they have such a wide variety of products for the whole family. I live in a tiny town in Idaho where there isn't much shopping. Our nearest mall and Target are 70 miles away. So I have been so excited to be able to use Jane.com to get high-quality clothes and home decor with a click of a button on my computer or through their super convenient phone app. I got my daughter Sally and myself outfitted for summer with some darling dresses and shirts from Jane, and I even gave my home a little bit of a summer refresh with a new doormat and a porcelain planter for a little cactus, which makes me so happy every time I look at it. All of the deals on Jane.com only last for a limited time, which makes shopping a lot more fun because the inventory and options change often, so if you don't see what you're looking for one day, just come back the next. To see all of my favorite deals on Jane.com, you can visit the page that I curated just for our community by going to Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. Our second sponsor this month is BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. As you know, today's episode is all about how to get your kids to do a daily quiet time, and online therapy is something that you could do during that little break from your kids during the day that I know would greatly improve your mental health and quality of life. If you feel skeptical that you could develop a truly beneficial therapeutic relationship with a therapist via technology, I need to tell you that I've been meeting with my counselor online for the past four years because she lives in Canada, and I've honestly loved it. The best part is that I don't have to spend the time driving to and from appointments or find childcare for my kids. 
I can simply turn on a movie for them or get them settled in for quiet time and then head to my bedroom for a quick counseling session. I definitely feel a genuine and deep connection with my counselor, though I've never actually met her in person. If you've been considering online therapy but are a bit skeptical about whether or not it could work for you, I invite you to just give it a try. There's never been a better time, especially because as part of their partnership with 3 and 30, BetterHelp is offering listeners 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30. I truly can't think of a better way for you to use your quiet time break from your children. So go to betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 to learn more. And now onto the show. Here are my best tips for how to get your kids to take a daily quiet time. Here we go. So in last week's episode, or this week's episode rather, I interviewed Jamie Cook about how to have the best summer ever. And I mentioned the importance in our family of having a daily quiet time. And I did give a few little tips about how to make a quiet time happen. But then I've gotten some comments and messages from people who said they want more on quiet time. They really want to make quiet time happen in their homes this summer. But how do they do it? How can they get their kids to do it? I want to start off by saying my kids are not the quiet, demure type of kids that are like, yes, mother, we will go sit in our rooms for an hour by ourselves and play quietly. I mean, honestly, do kids like that exist? But I know some kids are much more easygoing. They have calmer temperaments where that may be more natural for them. That is not the case for my kids. And so I totally feel ya if you're thinking my kids would never do a quiet time on their own because, yes, <laughs> I totally get that. My kids are the same way. But my kids do do a daily quiet time because of some of the systems that we've put in place to make it work. So I'm going to share three of those today with you, three ways that you can get your kids to do a daily quiet time. I promised myself that I would do this bonus episode in one take, meaning I will not stop and re-record anything if I feel like I didn't word it just right. If Sally comes in and interrupts me, you're going to hear her cute little voice. I'm not editing. I'm not even going to listen to it before I post it because this is just a bonus episode, right? So I don't have to be such a perfectionist. So here goes. Number one way to get your kids to take a quiet time actually starts with you. And that is takeaway number one is to remember how good it is for them to have a daily quiet time. I put that as my first takeaway because for me, when I'm trying to do something hard with my kids, it always helps me to remember how good it is for them. So whether that is trying to help them sleep through the night or other things where it's really easy to just give up and give in to them because I feel bad for them a little bit or I'm worrying that maybe I'm being a mean parent or I'm too tired to deal with it and be consistent, it's so helpful when I just remind myself, Rachel, this is so good for them. I'm not being a mean parent. I'm being a good parent because of what they're going to gain from the result of having this habit. So let me tell you why I think quiet time is so good for kids, at least for my kids. I have seen more creativity during that hour of the day than 
pretty much any time the rest of the day. So my kids do an hour of quiet time each day and I'll come in after and I see Lego creations that I would never expect for them to be able to build. Noah will have engineered like double tiered bridges and he can explain to me the the trusses, trusses, trusses and how it all works and these whole worlds that he's created with all of his blocks and even his blankets. He's created water. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. I just think that when he has a long block of time where he knows that he can't leave his room, so he can't go downstairs and start watching a show, he can't go find me and tell me he's bored, he can't do anything but sit there and play, his creativity and his work gets deep, much deeper than at any other time of the day because he's not distracted. And I think it is so, so good for him. And I've seen the same things happening with my daughter, Sally, as she's growing older, the types of things that she creates during her quiet time. I also think it's really good for them to learn how to play alone, to learn how to be away from a screen and still entertain themselves, and to learn what to do with boredom. I mean, the list could go on and on. I think quiet time is legitimately amazing for them. Obviously, it's amazing for me, but that might start to feel like a little bit of a selfish motivation. So instead, when it's hard to enforce quiet time, I think, no, this is the best thing for them. Another perk to it is if you have a consistent daily quiet time in your home, then you can do it even when you're on vacation or it's holiday time and your kids will go along with it because they're used to it. So like even at my in-law's house, my my dad's house, or when we're on vacation, you know, somewhere else, I'll say to my kids, okay, it's time for quiet time. And amazingly, they don't really fight it. I'll take them away from their cousins. I'll put them in their room and give them their hour of quiet time. And I think it is so great for them to have that reset during those times of year that can be so overstimulating. So again, really think it's a gift to them as well as a gift to me. So that's my first takeaway. Remember how good it is for them when it's really hard. Second takeaway, set them up for success in quiet time. You can't just put them in their room and say, okay, I'll come, you know, I'm coming back in an hour for you. Deal with it, kid. I mean, you can do that, but (laughs) then don't be surprised if it doesn't go that well. So the way that I set my kids up for success is I try to get them interesting, creative type toys that inspire creative play that they can use during quiet time. Things like Legos, magformers, blocks, coloring books, puzzles. Noah really likes listening to audiobooks, so I got him a little CD player, like an old school boombox. And I check out audio CDs from the library and I put them in his little CD player and they play during his quiet time. Now you could also play stuff um, like kids podcasts or audiobooks from a device, but then I worry that he'll get on the device and start playing the device. And I really want quiet time to be screen free. 
So I just got the little boom box and that's how we do it in our house. I don't really rotate the toys that they take into quiet time. I just let them play with the same toys every day. But I have heard of some families who will rotate. Like one day they get the Lincoln Logs. One day they get the Legos. One day they get so that it stays really novel. And I think that that's a really good idea too. Another way to set them up for success is to give them a way to track the time that's passing. You can just use a little digital clock if they know their numbers and you can say, you can even like put tape over the minutes and just say, okay, right now it says two and when it says three, you'll be done. Um, You'd obviously probably have to adjust the clock so it's not actually the real time of the day, but you're teaching them to recognize when an hour is up. But my favorite way We have a little clock that we bought called the OK to Wake clock, and it is honestly my very favorite parenting purchase I've ever made. It's this little clock, and it's kind of a round ball, and I set the time, the nap time, it's, you know, a nap timer, but they're not actually sleeping, for one hour, and they can see on the screen the minutes counting down backwards, So they can see that they have five minutes left, four minutes left, three minutes left. And when the time's up, then the whole clock turns green. And it's like green means go, you're done. So it's very visual for the kids. And then they don't have to come out and ask me a hundred times how many minutes are left or if they're done yet because they have their clocks in their room. That clock is also amazing for teaching kids that they have to stay in bed or in their rooms till a certain time in the morning because it has a setting where you can set it for the time to turn green like 7 a.m. or 6.30 or whatever it is and it turns green, then they know that they can come out of their room. And then it also has a nap setting which will count backwards so that they know how long their nap or their quiet time is. So I will put a link to that clock in the show notes of this episode if you're interested in getting that. But I feel like having interesting toys for them to play with, perhaps rotating them, and having a clock that in some way sets them up for success to track the amount of time they've been in quiet time is super helpful. Then my third takeaway, and this may be the most important one, is to train them to stay in quiet time by starting really small. So if you know that there's no way your kids are staying in their rooms for quiet time for an hour, start with 10 minutes. Heck, start with five minutes if that's all you can get out of them right now. So you get your little green clock or whatever system you're going to use and you set it for five minutes, (laughs) which seems so short, but hey, for a two-year-old, maybe it's five minutes, You explain to them what's going to happen. You're going to play by yourself. These are your special toys. And when this clock turns green, you can come out. And if they make it all the way to five minutes, you celebrate the heck out of them and praise them and you let them come out. And maybe you do that several times in one day if it's only a five minute quiet time. Maybe a couple hours later, you do it again for five minutes. 
You do that for a few days and then you up it to 10 minutes. And when they come out of their room, after 10 minutes, you celebrate. You're awesome. Your clock turned green. Yay, I'm so glad to see you. And so on and so forth, slowly moving back the time little by little by little until you're up to an hour or whatever it is that you want for your family's quiet time. And I would say that this principle is true for anything that we want our kids to learn how to do. They have to learn, they have to be trained and they have to learn slowly. They're not just going to know how to do things the very first time. And I think sometimes as moms, we can try something like twice and then be like, see, it doesn't work for my kids. The end, it's over. My little sister actually made this point after I aired an episode about how moms can find motivation to exercise because my little sister is a really diligent exerciser and she exercises at home and she said that she has taught her kids slowly but surely that they have to leave her alone when she's exercising. She's like, the very first time that I put on an exercise video, did they leave me alone the whole 30 minutes? Of course not. But she's like, but I started with five minutes and then I moved it up little by little and I taught them over and over again, this is mommy's workout time and this is what you can be doing while I'm working out. Until now, she said, they totally know the drill and they leave her alone for the 30 minutes. So this principle can apply to anything that's important to us as moms that we can help teach and train our kids to respect that. Um, and then I would say along with this takeaway that you have to insist you have to stick to your guns. So if you say we're doing five minutes of quiet time and they come out before that, you have to put them back in. Um, and from all of the books that I've read on, on sleep, sleep training, the principle is you give them no attention at all. So when they come out, you just pick them up or you take their hand, you walk them back into their room you might point at their little green clock or whatever it is and you leave and you do it over and over and over until they realize mom is not giving in. You know, I have to wait for that light to turn green and oh my gosh, it takes so much patience as a mom, but you just do it over and over and over until they realize that you mean business. Another thing you can do that I am not opposed to is getting some like something for the doorknob so that they can't open the door like a little, you know, or even like a little latch, a little latch lock, which I know some moms would be horrified by, but you're right there in the room next to them. If they need you, you're right there. Um, so just recognizing that it's okay to insist. And one thing that I've done with my daughter, who is much harder to keep in quiet time than my son is I'll tell her she wants the door open and I say, okay, I will leave the door open, but if you come out, then I have to shut the door. And sometimes she still chooses to come out and then I shut the door. Um, but a lot of times she realizes that she wants the door to stay open and so she doesn't come out. And if she comes out even after the door is closed, then I might say, well, I'm going to have to do your little latch lock now. Um, but very rarely do I have to do that because she knows that I'm super serious about it. And that goes back to takeaway number one. 
because I remember how good it is for her. So even though I'm like, oh, is this mean to make her stay in there? No, it's very good for her. It's totally reasonable. She needs a break from the stimulation. I need a break from the stimulation. And this is going to be a great habit for her to have, for our family to have in so many instances. So those are my three takeaways for how to get your kids to take a quiet time, even if your kids are really strong-willed. I truly think that if my two firecracker kids can learn how to do quiet time, then pretty much any kid can learn how to do quiet time. I could totally be wrong on that. You may have the kid who's an exception, but try these three takeaways and see. If you want more ideas for how to make quiet time part of your family, there's a couple of additional resources I want to point you to. April Perry from Power of Moms wrote an article called Quiet Time 101, where she goes into great detail about how to do quiet time as a family, including all the way up through when kids are, you know, middle schoolers and teenagers. And then also Jansen from Everyday Reading has a really good article as well about how she has instituted quiet time in her family and how she thinks that it is the best thing that she's ever done as a parent, (laughs) which is great. So I will link both of those two articles in my show notes, as well as that okay to wake alarm clock. So here's the three takeaways. Number one, remember how good quiet time is for your kids. It will help them to learn how to do deep, creative, independent play. So remember that. Number two, set them up for success by making sure that they have interesting novel toys that inspire creative play, as well as perhaps a way to track the time. And third, expect that you'll have to train them and teach them and start small and work up from there. And if you do those three things, I really think that you'll be able to have daily quiet time in your family. Okay, friends, that's where the original episode ended. And I know it's a bit awkward with my outro music starting and abruptly stopping there. (laughs) But I wanted to jump in and answer a few additional questions I've gotten about quiet time since this episode first aired three years ago. A super common question that I get is, what do you do if your kids share a bedroom? How can you get each of them to take a quiet time? And April Perry talks a little bit about this in the article that I just mentioned that's linked in the show notes. But basically, just give everyone in the house a quiet time spot. It doesn't necessarily have to be in their bedroom. You could have one child in the office or in the living room or even outside if you have like a covered porch area. Just make sure that they have some novel toys and activities that will keep them busy and that they know the expectations for how they behave and what they do during quiet time, wherever they are in the house. The second question that I want to address came from a mom who sent me this as a direct message from Instagram. 
I'm going to read it word for word because I feel like it is so relatable. I know you're just going to be out there nodding as I read her words about what it's like to manage the needs of lots of small children all at the same time and try to get this quiet time happening. So this mom said to me, Hi, I've been listening to your podcast for a while and find it so helpful. I'm reaching out because we have been having serious issues with our almost three-year-old son for the past three to four months over bedtime and quiet time. He's mostly not napping, but will maybe two times per week. Bedtimes have gotten better, but quiet time is a disaster. Since we moved him to a big bed, he really struggles and doesn't want to be left alone for quiet time. He screams and bangs on the door. We started locking it because nothing else works. I'm trying to be emotionally sensitive to him, but also firm and consistent. Nothing is working, and it's taking its toll on all of us. We have a five-year-old daughter who still does quiet time with no issues, and she has to wait ages for me to read to her because I'm dealing with him. We also have a seven-month-old who's usually napping during that time and often gets woken up by the three-year-old raging in his bedroom. I get no break during the day, and what used to be the most peaceful time of the day for me is now the most stressful time. I would really appreciate any ideas you have. So the first thing that I want to say to this mom, and these are just kind of some off-the-cuff from my heart thoughts, um, is just hang in there. I think every mom listening relates to your experience. Some phases of motherhood are so intense and you are not alone. You are an amazing mom who I can tell is doing your best to manage a lot of needs of your young children all at the same time. And you're not doing anything wrong because your son is having a really hard time with quiet time or flat out refuses to do it. And he's not doing anything wrong. I think sometimes we can get so frustrated with our kids for not following the advice or kind of the timeline or the suggestions that we hear about in parenting podcasts or articles or even from other well-meaning moms. It can start to feel like something is wrong with your child and it can make you feel so angry and resentful to them. So I just want to give you that you know, that little love note that you're fine and he's fine. For some kids, they're simply not going to follow the regularly scheduled program. The tips that work for other kids aren't going to work for them. Maybe they're particularly strong-willed or they are in a certain phase or season and it's okay and they're okay. So I just want to start by saying that. And then I just kind of want to follow up by saying that I really believe that the most important function of quiet time is for you to get a break. Obviously, the benefits of quiet time are important for the kids too, like I just talked about in that episode. I really think that kids benefit from having some downtime, creative, independent playtime, screen-free time. But I, I really do think that is secondary to the primary function and benefit of it being that mom needs a break during the day. Mom deserves a break during the day and you will be a better mother and more fulfilled if you get that time during the day. And so get creative on how you can get it during this particular phase of your motherhood. Remember, everything is a phase. So just because this is so difficult for your son right now doesn't mean that it's going to be this difficult for him in six months or in a year. And if for the time being, you need to have him watch a movie during that time when your baby is napping so that he doesn't rage and wake the baby up. It's okay. He's going to be okay if he has screen time every day for six months or a year or however long it takes while he's kind of 
maturing emotionally enough to be by himself for a while and do quiet time. I just want to give you that permission. I think that so often as moms, we can sort of catastrophize and think that we are going to ruin our children if we give them screen time or do what we need to do in order to care well for ourselves while also caring well for them. I will add that I don't think that having a show on in the background while you are trying to have this restful time for yourself is really very conducive. Like if you can hear it and they're still in your space, I don't think that's the same as having a daily quiet time. So even if you utilize screens during quiet time, I would recommend that you have them do it in a space that you're not right there. So maybe they do get to have a tablet in their bedroom or they watch a movie down in the basement or you remove yourself and go to your room for that time or they plug in headphones, something to give yourself a break from the noise and the distraction and the chaos. And then I would encourage you to save this episode and come back to it and listen to the tips and institute a more traditional screen-free quiet time. Try again in a few months and see how it goes. In the meantime, I really think that straining your relationship and your connection with him through a daily battle that makes you angry and resentful and questioning yourself and questioning him, it's simply not worth it. It undermines the whole point, which is to strengthen you through daily quiet time so that you can be a better, happier mom. So do what you need to do to get through this time, through this phase, and then come back and try quiet time again in the future. I hope that was helpful. I hope that all of you know to give yourself lots of grace as you are listening to this podcast and any others and reading parenting books and getting the advice from well-meaning, smart people. Take it all with a grain of salt. Make it work for you and your family and your particular children. And just remember that you are enough and they are enough and everything is going to be okay. As always, I'm rooting for you. I'm here to answer your questions if you reach out to me via email or DM. I certainly do not have all the answers, but I can give you insight from my experience raising strong-willed kids, as well as pulling from the almost 200 experts that I have interviewed over the last four years. There's a lot of resources that I can point you to if you are struggling or in need of some support. So reach out anytime, and I hope that you are having a beautiful summer with your family. 